Welcome to There is a Method to the Madness. My name is Rob Maxwell and I'm an exercise physiologist and personal trainer. I'm the owner of Maxwell's Fitness Programs and I've been in business since 1994 as a personal trainer and personal training studio. Today, I think you're really going to like it, and it's a subject that's got me a little bit worked up, and that is uh, children's obesity. I will get into that in a second. Before I do, I want to thank our sponsors, Jonathan and Lynn Gilden at the Gilden Group at Realty Pros. They currently have over 275 star reviews on Zillow. They've got a whole team, whole army out there to help you. I know them personally. I absolutely vouch for them. And I will put all of their contact information in the show notes. All right. So on CBS News last night, not that I make it a habit to watch the news. I'm typically have it on in the background as I'm eating dinner. And uh, actually really was not paying much attention to it. But I did see a uh, headline kind of come across something about childhood obesity. And I uh, tended to not really pay too much attention until later when I was scrolling through um, Twitter, you know, which is probably another bad habit, but I was. And in this case, not really a bad habit because I saw the article that I'm speaking of, and it was the same article they were talking about on the news, which is um, the latest recommendation for childhood obesity, which we all know has gotten out of hand. That's the only thing we can agree on as far as me and the uh, supposed experts on this. But So the new recommendation is that they're going to start getting these obese children on medications at the age of 13 and potential surgeries at the age of 15. So that is the health, quote, health, unquote, recommendation to handle this childhood obesity crisis that we have. I mean, if that doesn't make your head shake, I don't know what does. So yes, childhood obesity is an absolute crisis. I've been talking about this for years and years, and I was talking about it a few years ago, two years ago, one year ago, however you want to timeline it when COVID broke out. And yes, COVID is a serious thing that we have to pay attention to. We have to treat, we have to fight all those good things. Yes. But I was blown away with how much attention it was getting compared to obesity in adults and children. And I'm not going to go too far in that direction because that is such a polarizing subject that everybody politicizes this issue, which us in the health and wellness industry also drives us nuts because the two don't have to be mutually exclusive. I mean, studies have shown over and over and over that some of the worst cases of COVID and even death were in the obese populations, but nobody was given the recommendations about what to do about that. I mean, can you imagine if we were hit with the amount of news stories and opinions on obesity that we were with COVID, maybe we would be starting to tackle this obesity crisis a little bit better, or maybe not because these same folks have now come out with the recommendations to 
give our kids gastric bypass surgeries at the ages of 15 and uh, put them on medications at the very bare minimum at the age of 13, which is absolutely atrocious. And again, I'll just wrap up the COVID thing by saying I took it serious. We closed at the gym. We took every precaution. We did everything we were supposed to do. Absolutely. And I know that the government and the medical powers that be had to take it serious, not discounting that one bit. Not saying it wasn't real. Hell, I know it was very real. I had it and I had it pretty bad and it sucked. And I'm very grateful and thank God that, um, you know, I've lived a lifestyle of trying to take care of myself because if I didn't, I believe it could have been much worse. So I'll leave the COVID thing alone. Anyway, we know that the childhood obesity is an absolute crisis, as is obesity in the United States. I mean, unfortunately, we're Americanizing the rest of the world, and it's starting to catch up, but not quite up to us. We are fat, we are obese, and we are very ill, and uh, that is not a good thing. To give you some exacts, 68% of our country is either obese or overweight. 68%. Let me say it again. 68%. So only 32% of the population is non-obese or overweight. So if you're not obese, if you're not overweight, you are abnormal compared to the rest of your peers. And, you know, I have seen that. I mean, I've seen that. I can remember when I was working in sports medicine, along with having my gym, I would go in and do a lecture at the college and some of the people in the front row, literally, I remember a day this happened. Are you losing too much weight or, you know, are, are you eating enough? And, you know, I mean, it's not like I'm that skinny. I mean, I've done bodybuilding competitions. I work out, you know, I'm around 5'10", 5'11", 170, 175 pounds. It's, you know, pretty good weight. You know, it's not like I'm six foot above 20 by any means. I mean, we don't even see that anymore. Yet people were wondering if I was ill. And the reason was, was because I guess people are just so not used to seeing people in shape or not fat. I mean, just, you know, realistically speaking. And, you know, when it comes to adults, you know, we all know about the choice thing. And I have a ton of empathy. I work with people trying to lose weight. But we also know that there are a large amount of choices here that could be better made. All right. Now, when it comes to kids, yeah, kids have a choice too, but at the same time, they are absolutely reacting off of what they see their role models do, parents, teachers, coaches. If the majority of parents, teachers, and coaches are overweight, and I would argue worse, have the behaviors of somebody that is overweight, then that is exactly what they are going to gravitate towards. There is no question about it. Okay. So I have a psychology degree. I've also taught sports psychology. So I used to teach my students that the absolute best way we learn, and they know this, they absolutely know this in psychology is called the social learning theory. And it was quote, invented, unquote, by Albert Bandura, all right, a behavioral psychologist. Same person that did a lot of the work with uh, 
some of the stuff with TV in the 1970s, you know, what we're watching and all that same guy. So social learning theory states this, that if a kid is watching their parent do a certain thing, so the parent, that's what we call modeling, the parent is modeling a particular behavior, then the kid goes and does the behavior, so they act on the modeling, and then the parent reinforces that behavior in a positive way, which coincidentally we call positive reinforcement, then that child is most likely to repeat whatever that behavior is. And I'll just use the example I used to use when I taught. A kid goes to a football game with his dad. His dad gets drunk. His dad, I mean, is this really that far-fetched? I mean, my gosh, do you go to football games these days? This happens all the time, which is probably why I came up with this example. So anyway, and it absolutely is why I traumatized my poor daughter, taking her to a Dolphins game as this exact scenario happened right in front of us. And she basically never wanted to go to a football game again. And I can't blame her whatsoever. So anyway, um, a kid goes to a football game with his dad. His dad gets drunk and his dad starts mouthing off to people around him. A fight breaks out. His dad punches somebody. So he's witnessing violent behavior by his father dad gets arrested or whatever, it doesn't really matter. He's just witnessing his father's actions. So he remembers that. Next week, everything calms down a little bit. He goes to school. He's sitting in class and somebody starts to mouth off to him, which of course we all know happens. This kid remembers how his dad responded. So the kid starts a fight and starts punching the other kid. Now he gets in trouble. So the powers that be at school do the appropriate thing, pull the kid out of class, suspend them, you know, whatever it is. Kid goes home. Now, this is where it's make, made or broken right here. This is where the kid is going to learn what kind of person he's going to be. All right. So now he explains to his father what happened. If his father says, dad, a boy, Jimmy, don't ever take any crap from anybody. Yeah, they'll suspend you, but you did the right thing. You know, you're thinking that doesn't happen. Dudes, it happens all the time, okay? Sadly, it happens all the time. So now this kid is going to be a violent kid because he saw the model, he acted upon it, and he was reinforced positively for it. So a lot of times we say in psychology, or I hear people say in psychology that, uh, you know, a kid's going to do what he sees. No, not, not always. It's, he's going to do what he sees and, and what's reinforced. All right. So then another way, because I know a lot of parents that struggle with, you know, well, then how do I break this with obesity? And they're like, I'm going to take my kid's food away. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Okay. According to the social learning theory, that's not what works. All right. So what we really need to do is we first need to be the role models. We absolutely need to be the role models. And you know what? We got to give a crap. You know, if you're out there and you're one of those guys, and I told you I'm going to rant a little bit, but if you're one of those guys that just thinks, oh, you know, the hell with it. Drink as much beer as I want. I earned it. You know, I can, uh, or if you're one of those ladies or younger, whatever, doesn't matter. Everybody gets frappuccinos, but 
If you're one of those people that, you know, a little bit overweight and you're like, you know what, I earned it. I worked hard today and you're doing all that. Well, you know what? You're being a little selfish, especially if you have kids because being overweight matters. Being overweight is not healthy. Being overweight is not using your gift of a body. Being overweight is linked to so many different chronic diseases such as heart disease, stroke, diabetes, and some cancers, okay? Being overweight and obese is linked to hypertension. It's linked to so many different things. I mean, this isn't like made up. These are facts. I mean, there are statistical markers you can look at. And if you start checking off the boxes with obesity, and then you look at triglycerides and you look at cholesterol, which is all linked to obesity. And you start to look at your blood sugar levels and diabetes. I mean, they can pretty much pinpoint when you're going to have a myocardial infarction of sorts, some sort of a heart problem. All right. We can't prevent everything. I get that. But we can go a long way to lower our risk of cardiovascular disease. And again, I kind of said I wasn't going to bring up COVID again, but I am. But only to state that it is very, very clear. And finally towards, I don't want to say the end of the peak of the pandemic, because maybe we're not even there. Who the heck knows by now? But near the end of what they called the peak, they finally started coming out and saying, well, obesity is linked to premature death from COVID. Okay. So we know that too. And that is absolutely 100% true. Okay, so obesity is linked to a ton of bad things. So maybe you don't care that you might be carrying around too much weight. And by the way, obesity isn't what you think it is. You know, sometimes we think of obesity and we think of like the most extreme examples possible. You know, the huge fat 300 pound people that we used to see on TV or those disgusting shows that they have on TV making fun of obese people and all that, those types of shows I just cannot stand. You know, um, it, it's not that. I mean, it, it is that, but it's also a lot less than that. You would be surprised that, you know, obesity is not as much as you think it is to be considered clinically obese. So if you're six foot tall, and you are over 225 pounds, you are technically obese unless that is all muscle. All right. We are way bigger in this country, especially than we are supposed to be. All right. We have grown to levels never seen before. There's a lot of reasons why we can blame a lot of the different industries. Absolutely. But it is not healthy. And if we think it's okay because we earned it and we're, and we are parents of kids or we're grandparents of kids or we're teachers of kids or we're in the medical profession. And yes, I see it sadly way too much in the medical profession. And we have younger patients. We are setting a very, very bad example. So obesity is not only unhealthy, it's selfish. And yes, there are things you can do about it. Yes, there are genetic factors that make it harder. All of these things I'm very, very, very empathetic towards. Absolutely. But I want to get everybody's attention that when I see headlines like this, this is not okay. This is not the way to, cheat, to treat childhood obesity by any means. Number one, 
that's not going to work. The only thing that really, really works are lifestyle changes. I was a fat preteen. I know what it's like. I ate too much. My dad died when I was 13 years old. My grandparents died right around the same time. I had just moved to Florida two years prior to that. And a year before my dad died, my parents divorced. So I was going through like this traumatic early adolescence. So, you know, what did I do? I didn't know what else to do. So I rode my bike around a lot and I ate pizza and ate M&Ms and got a little bit fat, you know. And then I woke up one day, didn't want to do that anymore. I believe God inspired and uh, decided I'm going to eat different. And I'm giving you a little preview to my book. You cannot run a poor diet, but I talk about it and it's honest, honest chapter in there on that. And then I never looked back and then I got really into health and fitness. So that is a lifestyle change. I've been there. I mean, I wasn't obese, but I was fat in my estimation and definitely some of my peers because they called me that. So, and what I changed was my lifestyle. I quit binging. I ate normal foods. I ate three square meals a day. I was always a pretty active kid anyway. I played on the tennis team. I rode my bike everywhere. And then right around the age of 17 and 18, I started going to the gym in New Smyrna Beach with my role models of Publix who absolutely were role models. And that's what I'm talking about. You know, they were role models. This was my manager and my third man who's now considered, I guess, like an assistant manager. And by the way, a little side note, this third man went all the way to the very top of Publix now, and he still is. He's the CEO. So maybe his lifestyle and his push to be the best he can be helped him. I mean, not maybe. There's absolutely did. But for some reason, both of them took a liking to me when I was a little old high schooler, and they invited me to go to the gym with them, and they, they ate right. They worked out and I started working out with them. And that was my first lead in to health and fitness. Uh, the diet change was my first lead in, but into fitness was working out at the gym. And then from there, I just kept going and going and going. And uh, I haven't looked back. And that was what, 40 years ago, something like that, 38. So that is how we do it. The medications are going to have side effects. You can't take medications and there not be a side effect and they're not teaching the kids how to really maintain their weight which is to keep a good caloric balance meeting eating less than we need and moving more than we eat if we don't teach that there's not a medication in the world that's going to change anything it might put a band-aid on it for a little bit a band-aid that comes along with huge side effects and if you're willing to do that to your kid, you know, you need your head examined. You haven't been reading the right things. And if doctors are willing to put their kids through that, you know, you might need to reconsider your field. Because to my, in my opinion, that is not ethical. Because that is not the way we do things. And surgery, surgery for a 15-year-old. So now they're going to have to eat basically a spoonful of food for the rest of their life. That's what we're talking about you know, these types of surgeries, you know, how about we teach them how to love their body and to love themselves? And how about we teach them how to eat properly? How about we actually have nutrition courses put back in school? How about we put physical education courses back in school and really teach it and don't just have the history teacher, nothing against history teachers, love them, 
but side as a phys ed teacher. How about get somebody with a degree like mine, a master's degree in exercise physiology, and actually teach health and wellness to high school kids, to junior high school kids, to middle, middle school kids? How about we bring health back? You know, how about we have healthy options in the lunchroom? How about we have classes on nutrition? How about we make this, you know, bring back phys ed and have a four-year requirement for physical education in high school and do it right. Don't just take kids out to play kickball or whatever the heck they do to burn time. I mean, there are solutions we can do. I mean, everything in the education business now, and it is a business, and sadly, it's big business. Everything in the education business has now gone to STEM science, technology, engineering, and math. Let's just make a bunch of computer nerds. And Look, I know plenty of them, and I'm just kind of like ranting on purpose, trying to make a point, but who are obese and have zero communication skills and eventually are going to bleed the health system because of their medical problems. I know that's an extreme example, but so is making all of education about STEM. Somewhere in the middle is the answer. We need people with communication degrees and we need our kids and young people healthy so they can create a culture that is going to be healthy. We don't need to make everything towards STEM and education and weed out everybody else that can't tolerate it. That's been one of the worst things we've done in the education system. And trust me, I have worked in education. We are not creating well-rounded, healthy, fit individuals to become future leaders of our areas. We're not doing that, you know, and I always hear all the time, well, that's not up to the school system to teach. I hear that about health and fitness, and you are absolutely wrong. And they state, you know, that's up the parents, that's up to the parents to do. Okay, do you know in most Households in the United States, the kids are being raised by a single parent. That's the statistic these days. I was one of them after the age of 13. So you're being raised by a single parent. So this single parent who most likely, unless they're a millionaire, is working full time and hoping that when their kid goes to school, they're going to get a well-rounded education. So we're just going to assume that all of these kids out there are in these perfectly functional, both parents at home scenarios where both parents are mentally, physically, and spiritually healthy, and they don't have any of their own baggage, and they're raising their own kids to where the only thing they need to learn at school is science and math. I mean, what world are you living in? I mean, that sounds great on paper, and that is absolutely not reality. And the reality is that when pe- when kids go to school, they're being taught by people who are actually paid to teach your kids. So wouldn't we rather have a curriculum that is based on everything and not just a few things and trying to teach our kids to be healthy and well and the importance of health and wellness? If you're listening to this podcast, which clearly you are, I really encourage you to get involved in this. You need to speak out about this typical or this latest recommendation to put our kids on drugs because they're getting obese and or surgeries. You need to speak out. Talk to your doctors. Talk to people. Spread the word. 
this isn't okay. There has to be other ways to help our kids. And I just outlined a bunch of them. So this is very important to me. It's important to you. It's important to everybody that has kids. Uh, it's important as a nation. I mean, you're only as strong as your weakest link. And, you know, from what I've heard and I've got a client at West Point, this is not where it came from, but I do know um, people in the you know military programs and stuff. A lot of the people are even having a hard time passing the basic physical fitness test that used to be just easily done 30 years ago. Okay, we have to be physically well. We can't just be one-sided. We're creating a very unhealthy culture. So get involved, all right? And I know my next sponsor absolutely gets involved in health and wellness. Chiropractic physician Dr. Doris Antos is an absolute believer in wellness. Chiropractic physicians in general are believers in wellness. They believe in taking natural remedies and trying to help you, and they're not pushing pharmaceuticals down your throat and things like that. And we absolutely refer to her. She's great. I'm going to be having her on my show real soon. We're going to interview her, which will be a lot of fun. And I'll put all of her contact information in the show notes as well. So until next time, be max fit, be max well.